to the latest edition of the Potteries podcast with myself, Adam Bratton. Um, I'm pleased to say this time around, we're down to the auctioneer arms in Caviswall, which was reopened to a lot of fanfare in 2018 uh, and was a brainchild of one of the co-founders, Brian Griffiths, who joins me now. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, Brian. How are you doing, Adam? You all right? Yeah, not bad, thank you. It's, uh, it's good to have you with us. I mean, it's a bit of a, um, a self-respected interest in this that it is my local down here. Right. <laughs> but uh, just a stroll away. But uh, it's great to be down, be down here. Uh, it's a pub with a lot of history, a lot of importance to the community around where, where it's situated down the Cabas Wall. Um, but I suppose the first place to start is it's had a bit of a turbulent past with, clo- with closing down and and then yourself and other people came along to reopen it again back right. in 2018. Yeah. How did that start to come about? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've lived in Cabberswall for 22 years, so if we go back to 2018, um, unfortunately the, the pub was closed. Uh, prior to that, I would say probably about 10 years prior to that, it was absolutely thriving. You know, many of the locals use it regularly. Um, it was busy weekends, evenings. There was live bands on, there was uh, sporting events on the telly, and it, it was really good. But unfortunately, towards kind of 2016, there was a demise, number of reasons. Um, the, the company that owned it uh, also owned the, the Red House in the, in the village. So there was two pubs owned by one company, pub company, uh, and many of us think that uh, they only wanted the one. Um, so you could see... It was a lack of investment, uh, you know, regardless of what manager came in, and we had some cracking managers, they, they struggled, uh, you know, to, to, to meet the bills that the, the pub company were charging for the rent, etc. So uh, it, it was winding down, and a lot of people didn't use it. Um, there was not a lot of profit in it. It wasn't a great place to come. Um, and then uh, very quickly, uh, without any, any notice, um, the locals were told that the, the pub was closing in September 2016. It was quite a shock to us. The The current manager uh, had, had, I think, a week's notice to, to get out. Um, and it had been sold um, under our noses by uh, to a property developer. And what was that? You were saying only four weeks we came on to do the podcast. You've been around around 20 years. Yeah. And what was that like for yourself and the, the local community, you know, losing well, that local? Well, it was sad to see the demise of it. Um, you know, we'd seen the good times. And, you know, there's the regulars towards the bitter end were still trying to come in and support it. But it wasn't the best place to come, to be fair, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, lack of investment, I think. I suppose that's it, but if, you know, if we sort of chose a favourite child or the company wanted to yeah, go that's with, right, yeah. it's not going to maintain these constant stream of finance coming out. Yeah, and it, it was difficult. So uh, it was sad to see it going down bank, but even sadder to see it sold and boarded up. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it had to get worse before it got better, if that makes sense. So um, it was sold to property developer, and within two weeks of people knowing, um, it was... Um, Closed, boarded up, fencing put round, and a, a notice of uh, intention to de- demolish within four weeks. So it moved really quick, you know. 
Um, I imagine that's something that's got a lot of people back up as well. You well, know, well, well it did. I mean, it, it set alarm bells ringing and uh, a couple of things. One was it seemed underhand. I know it's business, but it, you know, if, if we'd have had more notice, we could have probably uh, reacted quicker. Um, so we were quite annoyed, if you like, that we were losing the local pub and everything that goes with the local pub. You know, it's, it's a meeting place. Um, it's not, Capital isn't a housing estate, it's a village, it's a community. And the, the idea of the property developer was to put six new houses uh, on, the, on the footprint of the pub. Um, and, and for many people, that meant that we were going to lose our identity. Um, while the pub was shut during the two-year period, um, everybody that you would normally see in the pub and have a chat with, you only saw them probably um, taking the kids to school or uh, passing a wave in the car. You never got a chance to speak to people. Uh, and it, it was it was that that really thought drove us on to trying to do something about it. You know, we didn't want to, to lose it. I suppose, that so. just to bring it, I suppose that's one of the things we want to look at, you know, when we do these podcasts, that it isn't just, people don't just go to the pub to, for the ale or the wine and all, and all that. It's, yeah. it's very much more about that social thing, and that's something, something you say you recognise. Yeah. And I know it was with your, your, your partner and wife, you decided to go for it with it and co-found it. But it is about realising that social impact it's having into the local community. It was, I mean, our kids were brought up um, in the auctioneer's arms, you know, I don't mean they were drinking, but the fact that, <laughs> you know, sitting outside mixing with other kids um, from the same school, and then we'd have, uh, we'd have I don't know, football matches against the Red House, uh, and we'd have, a, you know, charity events on. So it was, a, it was a meeting place to bring people together, and then you'd probably celebrate with a drink afterwards. So we, we'd have cricket uh, matches, football matches, we'd have all kinds of events. Uh, during the summer, the kids would be playing on the village hall and then we'd come back to the pub. Um, Christmas was uh, another fantastic occasion where with it being the auctioneer's arms, one of the local guys decided to, he'd be an auctioneer. So all the, uh, the, the presents that you didn't want that you were given at Christmas, you'd bring to the pub and we'd auction off. And we'd raise thousands <laughs> for charity while getting drunk, you know. So, and the kids were involved in that as well, you know, not getting drunk, <laughs> but, you know, part of the auction. So, um, it, was, it was a way of life. It was fantastic. Um, and, of course, when it was sold, it was, it was a shot across the bows that we had to do something about it. So, I mean, that, which brings us up to that point, you know, it got to that point where it was, it was sold off, it was, it was shut down, and then yourself, you are, came along with this idea yeah how did things start to go from there it was it was a really difficult journey um it was i mean we, we live directly opposite the pub and we've benefited from using the pub many many years and we we just kind of looked across the road and thought this isn't right this this doesn't feel right we need we need to do something so we knew many of the locals and we it was a case of bumping to people um in the street in the village because we got nowhere to meet and we were just saying what what, what do you think if we got together and campaigned Anyway, the one of the driving forces was we got something like five weeks to act before the bulldozers came in. The demoli demolition order was on the fencing. So uh, I went to the local parish council. I thought there's no point in, in putting any energy into this unless we got the backing of the local parish council. Yeah. Thankfully, we had. They were fully supportive. And they advised us on getting some kind of uh, protection order on the pub which is something called a, an ACV, an Access of Community Value. So, in essence, um, if we could prove that as a community, um, losing the pub would uh, disadvantage us, then we could 
um, prevent it from being demolished for six months. And this is something I never knew about. It Good shot, stay of execution. Absolutely yeah. did. So this was a great tip we had from one of the local parish councillors. Um, so we submitted the forms, uh, and thankfully it was approved. So that meant that we got six months of breathing space to do something. What that something was, we didn't, <laughs> didn't know, quite know. But we knew it wasn't going to be demolished. So from that point on, it was a case of campaigning, social media, Facebook, um, local, uh, local press, local media. Uh, and we met ad hocly at the village hall, uh, where we just sit and come up with ideas what what we can do. Uh, and um, I did a little bit of research online, and there's there's a a, a organisation called the Plunkett Foundation that uh, supports community groups across the UK, whether uh, it's a community cafe, a library, a shop, a restaurant, a pub, um, and it's something that the government, going back a number of years, wanted to. Uh, Pretty much give the power back to the communities so there's funding available um, if you can prove that the community can take ownership and benefit so that that pretty much was the the starting blocks so this company the Plunkett Foundation gave us the advice to you know to, to look at that um, and also there was some funding some small bursary available to set up a, a constitution um, marketing and media so we had a few hundred quid to do that and then it just gained momentum. People were really showing interest about saving the pub. Um, so we got something like, I don't know, a small group of about uh, about 15 who were dedicated and keen to, to push this forward. And we call that a steering group. You know, it was a group of volunteers uh, kicking a few ideas about. Um, from that point on, we, uh, we looked at uh, a few other community pubs in the UK. I think at the time there was about 30 that had gone through this process. Uh, so I sort of see what other yeah, and how it's yeah. prepared. Uh, I had a run out, well, myself and my wife had a run out to a couple of them uh, and, and asked how they did it. And, and that was great, you know, that kind of uh, um, advice from those that had, had done it um, gave us some confidence it, it can be done. And the big thing was uh, uh, raising a share off it and, and allowing the community to basically buy a share in the pub. So we... We looked at raising, um, initially, I think it was about £150,000 and then from shares. And then we thought, well, we need some grant funding. We need some uh, some uh, uh, loans from the bank. Uh, and we, we were getting a little bit lost in it. And we thought, well, how, how much is it going to be worth? It's no small feat, isn't it? I mean, no, it's huge. And then you think about how to get that and what have you got to, what have you got to do? Absolutely huge uh, project. So... Um, the Plunkett Foundation gave us a template. It was a project, man tem project management template, basically, and it gave us stepping stones on how to progress through this process. It had been tried and tested uh, with these 30-odd uh, community pubs, and they, they gave us the template. So I, I sort of took ownership of it and worked through it. And uh, anyway, um, we realised that uh, to purchase the pub, it was going to be in the region of uh, £250,000. That's how much the developer... Uh, had paid for it. So I imagine that was a bit of a, you know, a shocker. Skip at the heartbeat moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolute shock. I thought that we ain't going to do this. Uh, Two hundred and fifty grand's a lot of money. Uh, so we went on to crowdfunding. We just uh, a couple of volunteers who were into social media put a video together of the village, put a, a, a narrative over it, put it on crowdfunding, and it was an unbelievable response where people were, I'll have one for two hundred and fifty quid. I'll have one for five hundred quid, and you could see it going up over the weeks. And it really inspired us that we were getting somewhere. 
So uh, that ran for about 12 weeks in the right direction and um, I, I found out there was other areas where we could get match funding and, and, and government grants. So there's pools of money that we're tapping into uh, and like I said, the Steeding Group gave up the free time to do it. Um, Did you find that once you sort of got your, your foot in the door with a few key funding apps, yeah. Started to yeah, it was. I hate to use the phrase, but it was a roller coaster of, of events and emotions. To be fair, um, and the best tip I had was just keep going, just keep meeting. Even if you've got nothing to say, the, the thirteen of you get together, and and somebody will come up with you know a way forward. And, and, and we did. Sometimes we hit barriers. Sometimes we we were coasting. And this is going on for eight, and eight four or five months, but we're getting close to the six month deadline. You see. Yeah, so like yeah and uh, anyway we, we got some funding in the bank uh, and we got some other uh, kind of funding lined up and all in all we got we got on paper about 250,000 pound so we put an offer in at the last minute to the developer uh, and uh, he refused it he just said that uh, until I see the colour of your cash this is like virtual money although the evidence was on crowdfunding yeah. whatever it's virtual money so the six months lapsed and we thought, well, he ain't going to give up, you know, he's he's not going to knock it down overnight and whatever. So we kept going, we kept going and the interest got greater and uh, the support was fantastic. And eventually we managed to raise sufficient funding to put, uh, I think the offer was about 260,000. Uh, it was more than he paid for it, but we, we, we did a figures, put a facts and figures yeah. together uh, and he accepted it. Wow. You know, the, the shock of accepting it was <laughs> bloody hell we, we bought a pub what are we going to do now was it one of them where you think, <laughs> not thinking what had happened once yeah yeah that. so uh, you know a bit of naivety we thought we can't just open the door here because it had been shut uh, for two years in essence this journey had gone on nearly for two years um, so we, we then realised we needed money to refurbish it and set up a business so we, we managed to buy it the bricks and the mortar um, and then uh, we started dipping into a bit like lottery funding and, yes, and stuff yes. like that and we set a target uh, I think it was an 18 month maybe two year window to get it up and running for business because if we weren't going to open on a certain day then we were going to start it's, it's going to cost us money basically so thankfully within the group we've got a great mix of volunteers we've got business people we've got project managers we've got tradesmen We've got um, a range of locals who came with a variety of skills, all volunteered the time. So uh, I think it was, let me get this right, it was around about January 2018. We got the keys uh, and we ripped, ripped the place apart. Uh, you know, the, these tradesmen were doing a, uh, local tradesmen were doing a day's work and then coming home in the evening and it, it was the middle of winter and then working till 11 o'clock at night for well. free. Yeah, it was un unbelievable. I, mean, I think that's what Shane you know, was talking about being a community club. Within this, you know, before you even get to the residents and everybody now uses it, yeah, yeah. that it's yourselves who came together, created your own community, giving up all, you know, we did. sharing your skills and that to get it to where it is. Yeah, well, like I said to you, Adam, before, um, I've been here for 20, 19, 20 years at, at this point in Caverswall, and I was meeting people who lived here for 30 years that uh, I hadn't really known before. I'd seen mm. the faces, but all of a sudden they, they wanted in on the project. Uh, so we met new people and made new kind of friendships and relationships 
during the the campaigning and the and the refurbishment program, um, w which was great. You know, we're talking lifelong friends here because you came together for a common cause, um, with passion, and commitment, uh, and it, it just opened up new relationships. Brilliant. That feeds to that those those friendships relationships. Absolutely. Too. Wider and wider. Yeah. And that was before we'd even had a drink together. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the place was dry for, for two years, but uh, we drank plenty of coffee and perhaps <laughs> bought our own uh, beer just to keep us going. But yeah, that refurbishment went on for, what, maybe five months. Um, and it was hard, hard work. You know, we, we met some challenges, and um, but we kept going. And then we got a, an opening date. I think it was the 19th of May, uh, 2018. That we uh, we opened the doors again, which was a phenomenal uh, achievement. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I myself, I remember you opening up again. Came down, came down here. I think those first days, it was absolutely yeah. I mean, I weather was fabulous. It was, yeah. And I think it was a World Cup uh, year as well. I'm sure it was 2018. Oh, so then, yeah. we, we got everything. We got the weather. We got the yeah. reopening of the pub. We got the you know the World Cup, and uh, it just brought people out. It was great. Oh, yeah, so it's made me like you know, you sit at that point, you think it's, you know, it's definitely all worthwhile when you know, yeah. the sun's out, you know, people are coming to you. Then after all the hard work yeah. you put in, it's, it's like so reward rewarding, towards. honestly. Yeah. Uh, to, to sit back and just um, watch people um, enjoy all the effort that you put into it, um, it, it was great, you know, and we're still doing today. So what's it been like since yeah, all that's done, reopened, it was rolling, and um, obviously it's been a, a horrendous 12 months. It's but been challenging. Um, what's, what, what's well, life been like? It's been, I would imagine, the same for many, many pubs. Um, we're quite unique in so much we are a community-owned pub, uh, technically, in, in so much that we are... Um, part owned by the community obviously we've got loan providers and, and other funding streams um so we are responsible to the shareholders and you know we, we rely on them to support us we haven't uh, got any um company directors that we have to pay huge amounts uh, of bonuses to it's uh, it's technically a non-profit making organization so the way the model works is any profit that is made within a financial year First and foremost, goes straight back into the pub. So if we need a new kitchen, need a new kitchen. If we need Sally, uh, pumps, we need we we get that done. Keep, keep keep the business going, yeah. Um, and you know, thankfully with the business that we've had, we've been able to do that. Keep the staff on. You know, none of the staff have actually been made redundant. Um, we've still got the staff here that started from day one. Um, for for many reasons. Um, and and again, any other profits, um, we look at any other. Um, community ventures that are going on within Caverswell and Cooksell and we can contribute financially to them because it's not just about the auctioneer's arms it's about Caverswell as a, as a community so if there's any surplus funding we'll support um, events that go on locally um, you know, we've, we've supported um, financially the, 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 the Red House when there's been charity events on we've, we've donated etc um, the post office locally um recently yes. sadly yeah. got uh, burgled and uh you know we we managed to find some funds even now during covid to support um you know the the, the guy that runs the post office so that sets us aside i think from any other kind of pub company or brewery owned uh business because they're there to make huge amounts of money we are there to sustain the business and look after the community uh, and if after the financial year the money is back to zero 
we're happy. We've still got the pub, we've still got the business, and we've still got the community. It's all work and balance. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's still business. It's, you know, bills have got to be paid. Uh, shareholders, you know, they signed up for a, a dividend, uh, and they're entitled to to a dividend if there's profit left after what I've just gone through with has been spent. And and hopefully we'll be able to. I mean, we've been set back twelve months, um, so that's on the back burner. But you know, with the success of last week, if we continue. We, I'm sure we can look after the shareholders with that. You were mentioned before, you know, the, the jumping right forward and things are slowly starting to open up themselves. Like if they recently opened up, the crowds came back. They did, and uh, yeah, fantastic support. Um, it was quite strange, really, because during the first lockdown, which was an absolute shocker, because we just completed two years and we were we we're doing really well and we were building up reserves to, to look at extending the kitchen the toilets disabled facilities and then we were shut down so obviously that came at the cost uh when we reopened in i think it was august the first lifting of the restrictions we expected to be inundated with customers and we weren't and, and many pubs weren't i think it was because people were still skeptical and you know we hadn't got the vaccine and uh, people were worried and uh, well, a lot of them stayed at home yeah, yeah yeah so when we opened up last week uh, <laughs> we were shocked we were expecting a similar thing whereby you know you might get 20 people or whatever but absolutely inundated with support um which has been great so it's been a tough 12 months um financially been hit hard we've had some support from the government like all businesses uh, but that is just really keep the roof over the pub and pay the bills um uh we've not lost any staff which has been good um, yeah, that's what i was going to say what's been the impact on the team here well thankfully the, the manager that we've got at the moment he's doing an absolute sterling job he's he's very passionate about it um he's a shareholder as well so he's got a vested interest if you like financially although it's not a great financial return people don't you know all not everybody uh, invests for, for for the the return it's more about keeping the pub alive really yeah. um and he's uh, he's kept in touch with the staff on a weekly basis, whether it's Zoom or um, you know virtual meetings or socially distanced meetings, and he's kept kept them on board through the whole um, pandemic, uh, which which has been great. Um, they came back to work last week, a little bit anxious, if you like, like I suppose anybody would be. Of course, it's going to be. Yeah, um, but uh, they hit the ground running, uh, and they're back into the swing of things, and they're glad to be back. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me personally as well, it wasn't just about what I got out of the pub. I, I, I really enjoy sort of making a difference to people's lives, and you know, we created here something like eight, eight or nine um, jobs for local people. You know, yes, three, it's fantastic. Three or four of them full-time jobs. It's the livelihood, you know. Volunteer opportunities. We've got about twenty dedicated volunteers. That most of them are retired, but it gives them a purpose to come and pick a paintbrush up or. I don't know, do a bit of uh, maintenance or painting and decorating or um, I think that's to it. get out the house, you know. Absolutely. Well, yeah, there is. There is <laughs> especially now, people are craving for it. But, yeah. I mean, I think anybody, you know, listening to this and taking taking a trip down to here, the auction ground, is only going to look around the decor and, you know, then perhaps go on the internet and look how it used to be. Yeah. So look at the effort and the love and the dedication that's gone into renovating how it is now. Uh, unbelievable. You know, I mean, I can't thank people enough. Um, there's people who... They do things for various reasons. Some do it for you know, just to get out of the house during the pandemic. Some do it because they want to make a difference. Uh, we've had various age groups, uh, and it's people have got time. They, they'll give it up. And when you actually look at how the pub 
looks now. I mean, we focused initially on the inside when we did the refurb, which is phenomenal. And we kind of, I wouldn't say neglected the outside, but it wasn't a priority. Um, I think during this, I think on the inside with the weather. Well, we are, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. But now, obviously, uh, our friend Boris has forced us outside for the first well yes, eight, yeah. eight weeks, so we've had to focus, and it's it's been it's been good for us really because we've had to f focus our attention on the outside of the pub and kind of uh, giving it an uplift, uh, and and we've done exactly that. The the amount of people that have been walking around, just stopping, passing comments, saying, you know, you're doing a cracking job. It again, it it, it uplifts you. Um, and inspires you so we've had some great feedback uh, and I think people that hadn't come in before have seen the work that's been done by the volunteers and it's kind of their payback to come in and use the pub because all the effort's gone into it yeah, yeah. which again I think is different than normal kind of pub company uh, led it's, it's establishments definitely, you know, it's definitely a unique uh, yeah. direction to get in and what the sack was brought to where it is now I, I think it is yeah so um yeah, all all good so far. It's been tough. And um, how have um, how the staff and yourself adapted to you know you watch the the table ordering after ordering <laughs> quite a few things, especially on the Yeah. Uh, again, challenging because we've we've always had cash in, in card uh, traditionally, like many pubs, uh, but because of the the risk of passing the the, the virus on, uh, we chose to go totally uh, uh, contactless, yeah. um, cashless if you like, and we use the card. Um, which has been, again, I use the word challenging, uh, because there's a lot of people that don't like change. Um, there's a lot of the older generation, um, dare I say, that prefer cash for whatever reason. You've got a security issue uh, with using cash, but we bit the bullet to upset a, a few people, but they've kind of warmed to the idea now that it's quite easy and safe to use your Gone card. Yeah, 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 so, you know, there's always a good that comes out of a, a, a negative. So, yeah, it's getting used to, to the systems. We've, we've actually changed the systems. We're app-based now, so you can sit down and uh, you can order your, your beer by um, scanning a, a QR code or even just going on the website. You don't even have to get up your, out of your seat. It's, it's uh, served to you like it is on the continent. Um, the staff have had to get used to that. If you speak to the staff, they actually quite enjoy it because they, they're interacting more with people now rather than just yeah. standing behind the bar pulling pints. So... You know, things happen for a reason, and uh, although it has been tough, it's presented in a kind of a bit more a different direction. Um, and that hopefully it will help us move the pub forward in the future. I think it's you know, all, you know, definitely all the right things are being done, and conversations are being had to get to where it is. And you know, now you're open, it's certainly in these first early days, it seems to be you know, people are coming back, definitely. Yeah, I think um, one of the things again you know, on the the pubcast want to look at is just why people keep coming back to pubs and you know, not just the auctioneers but until you know, they've been a, a sort of cornerstone communities for yeah. centuries I mean what you know somebody who's got a lot of knowledge I know you are you know, growing up you, you know, your parents ran a pub right. um, why do you think they, they are such essential parts of local communities I, I think uh, there's many many reasons Adam um, <laughs> some people just like uh, a pint to wind down after they've been to work you know it's a bit of a, a, a distressing uh, couple of hours to chill out before you actually get back to home and you can you can have a moan about work to your your, your friends rather than you, you put it on your wife you know it's one of those excuses to have a couple of pints <laughs> before you get in so there's them reasons um th there's there's the other reasons such as the you know the the, the pub games that were um, 
bring people together. We set up a couple of darts teams here, um, of which I'm I'm part of, of one of the teams, and you know I met people I'd never met before, uh, and we re meet now every Monday and Wednesday, um, and you know we we have a drink and we have a game of darts, a bit of competition, uh, you know we've got the incentive to, to win something and represent the community and the pub and, and we have done that you know we, we actually won the league I'll just get that in in the first in the first <laughs> year there, we yeah. won the league and a couple of the merits which was great so you know again it's a team thing that brings people together and you've got somewhere to do that um there's there's lots of things i mean one one area that we really need to focus on that we were heading towards before uh, lockdown was um kind of generating more community groups to use the venue because because it's uh, it's it's quieter during the daytime, if, if you like. People are at work. Uh, we, we've got the room at, at the back that can be utilised for community groups. We've got the WI that come in regularly for their meetings. We've got a, a mothers and toddler group that comes in on a Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's 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 a free facility because you know it, nobody's using it basically uh, for a couple of hours during that period on a Monday. So they they'll use the room, and again that brings mums and toddlers together uh, for a couple of hours every Monday which is great um, we've got the uh, campaign for real ale group Camry the Staffordshire Moorlands oh, branch yeah. they've, they've had their meetings here um, a couple of times which is which is great you know it's uh, an excuse for them to to come to the pub for the meeting and it's great for us because we want to support Camry so there's certain pockets of groups that um, we we want to you want them to use the the, the pub more um, and we're just trying to target them, and we were heading that way before lockdown. It's it's a piece of work, really. The committee you're going to look at. I suppose that you know building relationships with those different groups yeah. helps them to spread the name and, and you know, elevate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've we've done other things such as charity events. We supported the the, the, the Macmillan uh, causes um, uh, and also the Donna Louise, the local charity, uh, where we've 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 done. Um, uh, days where you know you bring a cake and we'll sell it and raffle it off uh, and you know people have, have come just for that reason and then realized this is a nice place and then they'll come again to have a beer and then next thing they're telling the friends so it's great great for business and it, it's great for you know a worthy cause I suppose when you're talking about cake as well you've got the you know you mentioned yet but the, 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 ga the, the gavel, gavel with the you know, yeah. coffee bar plenty of cakes you see behind the cake yeah really. I mean again that this this has been uh, an idea of, of one of the um, steering group members and we're now one of the committee members whereby uh, the old auctioneer's arms was was it was a boozy it was, you know it was great it served a purpose but times changed um you know people's habits change culture changes so we've we've got quite a good mix of both here you know we've got we've got the traditional bar if you like which is great if you want to have a few beers and a chat and uh, we have live music in there and then we've got the lounge, which we call the gavel, um, which was named by one of the shareholders. Actually, we run a competition. You know, let's rather, right, yeah. rather than call it the lounge, why don't we give it, you know, its own brand? Well, obviously, the gavel, as the auctioneer's uh, hammer going down, was was quite apt. So yeah, we've got the. Uh, I suppose it's like a brasserie whereby we, you know, coffees, cakes, and we get different clientele coming. Uh, perhaps those that. They want to come when it's busy on a Friday and a Saturday. They, they want to come in the afternoon where they can have a conversation, a cake and a coffee uh, and, a, and a chat. Um, 
So it, it, it suits all types of, of generations and Something uh, for everybody interests. down in Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. And so that brings us to what does the, the future hold? You know, coming out of the, you know, the obviously restrictions with the pandemic, uh, what, yeah, what is the future for the Yorkshire and the team behind it? Well, the future really is to, we've got to get back on the feet. Um, we're in a honeymoon period at the moment. The, the last last week was fantastic. We reopened, everybody was let out, and they went crazy, <laughs> uh, which is great for business, perhaps not so great for the local residents with all the noise, but you know they, they've been great, they've supported us and recognised that it was probably going to be a bit mad in the first two weeks. We know that things are going to drop off. Um, we really just want to get back to that sustainability. So our target is you know, maybe by June, when the full restrictions hopefully are lifted, we can get back to some kind of normality that where we were um, 18 months ago, it would probably be. Uh, you know, the auctioneer's arms and the gavel operating as a community pub where it was then. Uh, going forward, we've got, we've got some plans. Um, we're just putting in for grant funding to uh, extend the kitchen. Because yeah. uh, we, we're restricted with the kitchen for meals. We want to uh, offer a, a different menu. Um, we need a bigger kitchen. We need uh, to improve access for disabled persons. And this grant hopefully will cover uh, that that particular area. The toilets need refurbishing, um, and also I think the other big expense. I think that the windows, apart from these, uh, in the bar area want replacing. So we've we've got some great ideas to reinvest in the pub. Um, once we know, we're pretty much back to where we are come yeah. June, July, August. You know, probably end of the summer. Um, all being well that uh, the uh, the government's roadmap does what it's set out to do. Fingers crossed, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think um, everybody just focus on that one at that point, aren't they? Yeah, and, and going back to, you know, we've used the word challenging quite a lot today. Um, being one of the original founding members of, of saving the pub, campaigning and, and getting it up and running again, um, I would say that the last kind of, 18 months has been equally as challenging um, you don't think you, you need to save a pub twice within three yes. years yeah. we thought we'd done it um, this has been a totally different challenge but equally as hard and without the support of the locals and the volunteers um, we wouldn't have got through it so yeah phenomenal achievements and uh, let's let's go back to where we were 18 months ago that's been <laughs> insightful and fantastic to chat with you there uh, enjoyed it it's Yep, so, well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Um, all the best with Thank you. going forward now uh, with the auctioneer arms and you know, yourself and the rest of the community team behind it. And if you're listening to this uh, podcast, then take a trip down to the auctioneer arms for you know, a pint, a coffee, and plenty of good, friendly community chats. Well, that's it for this episode of the Pottery's Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening in. Join us next week when we will be dropping in to another well-known pub in the Potteries, the Unicorn in Hanley Town Centre and catching up with publican Tracy Bowen. Until then, you can keep up to date with all the latest local goings-on in the pub life around the Potteries and Staffordshire by checking out our social media on Twitter at CPubcast or going on to Facebook where we are, the Community Podcast. And if you're a pub or a brewery or somebody who knows one that'd like to feature on the Pottery Podcast, then why not drop us an email at the community podcasts at gmail.com or simply send us a message or direct message 
on one of the social media channels. Until then, remember, drink responsibly, stay safe, and support your local community pubs. Thanks for listening.